Good afternoon. This is Guido Talks. This is Christian Calvi, senior reporter, and I'm joined by the site's editor, Paul Stain. Hello. It's the 11th of January. We've just had the first Prime Minister's Question session of 2023, and it was surprisingly enjoyable. And um, I think there's a, a, a minor consensus that we're all rather surprised that Rishi did as well as he did, or, or even to say that he, he won the thing. Well, it was it was obviously going to be NHS questions, and it was mainly about the NHS. And I I think that Rishi came off better. It was I mean he had he had he had two main arguments, didn't he? He had one uh, that Labour a don't have a plan, and b are in the pocket of the union barons, and two COVID, and that was. A relentless argument. But by the, by, uh, COVID, you mean yeah. the pandemic and the the reason the waiting lists are long is because we had the pandemic, yeah, yeah. and people didn't get referrals. And Keir, quite obviously, was focused on things got have got worse, queues got longer, people are waiting for cancer treatments rather than the two week immediate referral, which is a big labour commitment. That that they're waiting much longer, and it's and it's worrying, and that people are waiting more than a year. But, I don't know how long this excuse will last. I mean, I think Rishi makes a fair point that we have had two years of pandemic and how long... I think it's a time-limited excuse and he won't be able to keep making it past... Well, until the general election, I don't think pe- people will expect by the time of the general election that the queues yeah. have gone. Yeah, I, I, I completely agree with that. I think a lot of people forget that there are, what, two two whole years, maybe a year and a half at, at minimum until a general election. And, and a lot can change in that time, but... Yes, I mean on on the the NHS. If if he's still using COVID as an excuse, then uh, they're going down for uh, quite a a kicking. But at the same time, the the flip side of that coin is that he's got these five pledges. They're pretty bread and butter stuff. Some might say he's underpromised. But if in a year's time he sort of ticked those off and has sort of cleared the decks for a for for some more promises for the election then we're into a very different space and and Labour sort of their main argument at the moment because they're not putting forward their own proposals is that everything is broken and if if things feel slightly better in six months or so then we'll we'll be into a, a very different political arena but it was a very confident performance it was full of the old sort of David Cameron-esque well-researched attacks we reported at the end of uh, last year that they've got this new uh, guy, Aidan Cawley, in as the head of research and briefing at number 10, and he's now leading the prep for these sessions. They've also, as we revealed earlier this week, finally got a new head of the CCHQ research department. So I hope, uh, just for the sake of general entertainment, that the uh, uh, Rishi's efforts stay as energetic as they did today. And, and Starmer really came across as as lacking in energy. He tried doing the whole serious schoolmaster thing, which is eternally boring at at these sessions, which should be theatrical and and flamboyant, and Starmer doesn't have an inch of that in his little finger. Well, let's go over the attack lines and the defence and the riposts. So Starmer was basically listing all the things that are going badly, ambulances, uh, waiting lists, and generally just complaining that it was more, 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 more. And Rishi came back with a few lines. He, 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 in the beginning, latched on to that Starmer has flipped from promising when he became leader of the Labour Party, promising his membership, that he wasn't going to, he was going to end outsourcing in the Labour Party. 
mm. uh, uh, in the NHS, sorry, uh, and to now promising that he's going to bring in more outsourcing, better outsourcing. Better outsourcing. Well, I mean, Wes Streeting's leading on this stuff, and he is, in, and I'm not even saying this as a pejorative, you know, he is a sort of Blairite. He's big on reform. He's happy to use the free market, which, you know, if, if, if we're being presented with uh, what a Labour-run NHS is going to look like is one of the more optimistic, um, uh, interesting proposals. But yeah, I mean, it's very easy to attack Starmer because he is in every way just as duplicitous and untruthful as as he accused Boris Johnson of being, right? He's lapsed on every single one of his promises, and that's partly because he doesn't know what he stands for. But uh, I particularly enjoyed the uh, Rishi Sunak attack about uh, the, the issue of strikes, right? This is very difficult for Labour because the Tories absolutely love painting Labour as in hock to the unions, in the pocket of the union barons, uh, which, of course, they are in many ways. And, and Labour wants to uh, steer clear of that. But we do have this big piece of legislation at the moment being introduced by Bayes, by Grant Shapps, trying to get minimum service agreements in the case of strikes for certain industries like transport, like hospitals, like schools. And Rishi Sunak pointed out that these uh, agreements exist in many, many much more centre-left big state governments in, in European mainland, in France and in Spain, and pointed out that he thought Sakir was in favour of European alignment. Yeah, that was a, obviously a prepared crack. Also, at the beginning, I think Labour were put on the back foot when they had a plant question, which obviously the Labour whips had got a backbench Labour MP to ask about private dentistry and when was the last time Rishi waited or found out about how long he had to wait for an NHS dentist and Rishi used that opportunity to answer the Laura Kay question from Sunday by saying he was registered with an NHS GP and had used private in the past so he kind of smashed or neutralised that point which arguably he could have done the first time he was asked about it and now he has. So Labour, well, the mirror won't be a front paging um, that he wouldn't answer the question, I suppose. Yeah, as you say, Paul, I'm I'm slightly in, in disbelief at the way uh, Number Ten have handled such a, quite an easy issue. It's, it's not even that controversial, I don't think. I think most people will think, yes, you are rich. Feel free to use private healthcare. And I don't know why he didn't come out with it on Sunday. I mean, for for what it's worth, uh, uh, and I've said this before in some of our podcasts, I'm from. Rishi's constituency and uh, my local GP near to where Rishi lives is the only positive experience I've ever had of a GP surgery. <laughs> the only one I've ever reliably been able to get an appointment. So I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't go private if I still lived up in North Yorkshire. By the way, I think we've also got to give a hat tip to that PMQ session to uh, Jonathan Gullis, who came out with a, a rather entertaining heckle when when Sakir said back in 2019, before we'd even heard of COVID, and Gullis shouted, "All you." Uh, which got quite a lot of laughs from the Tory benches. Um, Hat tips. Did I I see a developing bald spot on the crown of Rishi's head? (laughs) A fantastic segue, Paul. Uh, Yes, uh, I think the office office noted that as well. It's not as bad, I think, as Boris's, where where he'd think he'd started using a comb-over fairly soon on into his his prime ministerial tenure. I, I have fluffed Boris's hair. Oh, God, I wish I hadn't said that now. Um, and, uh, alcohol may have been taken while I was sort of messing. You know, he's shorter than me. I know he claims to be five foot ten, but he isn't. And, and it's, it's, all, it's all real, but it's, um, it is thinning. 
the, the, the finale of the uh, PMPs jousting between Starmer and Rishi was quite uh, quite something. Where Rishi, which always amuses me for politicians, accused Starmer of playing petty politics whilst he was getting on with delivering, which was an interesting line because politicians are always doing petty politics, as far as I can tell. And I'm not sure the government is being uh, uh, seen to deliver on things at the moment. No, I mean, th- this is this is going to be state of play in politics for, what should, we, what should we say, generously at least six months, if not 12 months. I think the British public have always been surprisingly malleable in terms of accepting that COVID has made things worse and at the time knew, were very aware that there would be trade-offs from having big, long lockdowns, not least, as Rishi pointed out, a massive, massive fall in cancer referrals as the NHS diverted all its resources into tackling COVID. So I think that argument, especially the inter- both the international comparisons, as we've pointed out since we got back uh, this year, to how public services are failing all over the world, right? Because all countries have a terrible inflation problem. Europe's average uh, inflation is at least on par with Britain's. Many of our competitors in the G7 are worse, especially on things like food and fuel. So I think the British public are, are willing to accept that for the moment. And uh, the next, when we talk about politics becoming boring, by, by necessity, it has to. Right? If Rishi doesn't meet these five pledges on growth, on inflation, on debt, on small boats and on waiting time oh well done then Ovido will be pleased with you <laughs> remember the five I don't think I haven't actually memorized them yet and I suspect if Isaac Levido the Tory campaign boss gets his way we will be fed up to the back teeth with hearing the five pledges I'd be I'd be surprised if uh if they're not on some sort of Blairite-esque pledge cards going through letterboxes very shortly they have all been um, qualified for instance um you know the the, the, the timing and like the the qualification yeah. for the falling debt was quite interesting. It was a falling debt as a percentage of GDP. So debt can actually be increasing just slower than GDP. Yes. And of course, of course, the, uh, as, as the Labour um, research team pointed out, the pledge on inflation is actually less ambitious than what Jeremy Hunt's own OBR figures at his fiscal statement last year said it would be by the deadline that Rishi set so he's certainly underplayed his hand but it's almost like that that fake productivity thing right if you just set a load of to-do tasks that are very easy to tick off you feel a bit more motivated to get on and do something more ambitious so that's that's what the next year is going to be about and if Rishi succeeds then Labour will be back to the drawing board if Rishi fails then I think the next election is certainly going to be sewn up well in advance of any actual votes being cast, and that's what we've got to look forward to. But until next PMQs, we'll have to see whether Rishi sustains this weetabix fueled energetic uh, slogging of, of Sakir, and I, for one, certainly hope that we see more PMQs like the ones we did today. So I'll sign off there. Thank you very much for joining us, and we will see you next week.